We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today. My name is Walker Wobbin. I am the host of AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Our website is AFR.net, AFR.net. You can go there and check out my podcast page at AFR.net. And, of course, we have the app, the mobile app that is out there and on the World Wide Web via the App Store on multiple devices. Uh, So those are two great ways to keep up with the show, AFR.net and the American Family Radio app. And then lastly, you can subscribe to the podcast. We push the podcast out to multiple platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to AFA at the core. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple and Android devices and those respective podcast stores. So you can uh, download or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 is uh, where we are this week in Scripture. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. That's out of the book of Proverbs. Uh, The Lord by wisdom and skill uh, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. That's out of the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Busy Newsweek, Washington, D.C., the uh, our elected officials, they're having their uh, annual circus uh, where they <laughs> where they bring out all the fancy uh, games and machines and uh, ponies and all the fancy things involved with the circus and the clowns. And they have this big, fancy debate about spending. And then at the end of the day, they all spend about the same amount of money they would have spent if they didn't even debate. Um, so it's all a big show, <laughs> and it's uh, hard not to become too cynical about it. Um, but as I mentioned yesterday, Democrats are in control of Washington. Democrats are in control of both chambers of Congress. They're in control of the White House, the entire executive branch. Uh, Democrats are in full control of the mainstream mainstream conglomerate uh, media outlets. Uh, the the uh, all the major outlets. The uh, Monopolies, that's the word I'm looking for. The major media outlet monopolies, they're all owned by a couple of the same companies. Um, Democrats, they're in control of all the major corporations, major Fortune 500 corporations, all run by a bunch of left-wing goons. And then you've got uh, Democrats in control of, um, of, of all other parts of the country. And so it's really America, middle America versus the elites. Uh, that's what this is really about. Uh, the globalists, that's who I was leaving out, the globalists all across the the world, uh, all the folks who hate America, hate uh, that we are a sovereign nation and want to tear us down, uh, those are the folks on the side of the Democrats as well. So this is, a, this is an uphill fight. It's middle America. It's people who love our country, who love our founding, who love our founding fathers, who love our founding documents, who love the principles that America was founded on. It's us versus them. I mean, that's what this is about. It's us versus them. 
and they want to do anything and everything they can to squash the voice that you and I have. They want to do anything and everything to squash the voice that you and I have on the world stage and here in America. But we're going to keep speaking. We're going to keep keep speaking the truth because we're not we're not going to be scared. We're not going to be intimidated. We're not going to back down. We're not going to be politically correct. Uh, we're not going to try to do things so we don't get canceled. No, we're going to speak the truth. Uh, we're going to speak the truth because generations before us have spoken the truth. They fought. Many of them have died and shed their blood for our country. Uh, so the le- the least we can do is speak the truth. The least thing uh, we can do for our country and for our future generations is speak the truth. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, speaking of speaking, uh, if that's even such, such a such a sentence, speaking of of the truth and speaking the truth, um, President Obama, the former president, uh, he took a shot at guess who? Joe Biden. <laughs> president Obama took a shot at Joe Biden, and it has to do with this whole no borders thing. Uh, it's not really fair to say open borders because we, uh, in order to have a border, you like restrict travel between two places, but we don't do that. Uh, we have no border. We've got this artificial line down the Rio Grande uh, Valley and the Rio Grande River, but there's no border. Uh, you can walk across if you want, no matter where you're from. Well, President Obama went on Good Morning America this week, and here's what Obama said. I'm going to read directly from uh, this Daily Wire story. Obama said that while Biden was big-hearted, that it was time to get serious about dealing with this problem in a systemic way, as opposed to these one-offs where we constantly are reacting to emergencies. Couldn't agree more. Adding uh, more of what President Obama said on Good Morning America about Biden's immigration disaster. Immigration is tough, he said. It always has been because, on on the one hand, I think we are naturally a people that wants to help others. And we see tragedy and hardship and families that are desperately trying to get here so that their kids are safe. And they're in some cases fleeing violence or catastrophe, Obama added. At the same time, we're a nation state. We have borders. The idea that we can just have open borders is something that, as a practical matter, is unsustainable. End quote. That's from, uh, well, Barack Obama, former president of the United States. And, you know, do you notice how Democrats are always, uh, most of the time, going to the defense of the illegal criminal aliens that try to cr- trespass into our country. They're going to the to bat for them, going on the defense for them. And they pull the whole, you know, these folks come from a bad country. And that, that that's supposed to somehow just make it okay just to trespass into America. Well, President Obama did, did nothing different, did the exact same thing, and Here's what he said. I read it, read it a minute ago. I'm going to read it again. He said, uh, quote, immigration is tough. It always has been because on the one hand, I think we're naturally a people that want to help others. And we see tragedy and hardship in families that are desperately trying to get here so that their kids are safe. And they're in some cases fleeing violence or catastrophe, end quote. Well, as long as the illegal immigrants don't go to Chicago, they should be all right. <laughs> But America has problems, too. America has problems, too. So this whole idea that as long as you come from somewhere, come from a bad country that's run by the cartels, 
and has a very corrupted government, as long as you come from an impoverished country, then sure, you can just come into America. I mean, who needs to fill out the paperwork? No, you just walk right in. Just come on down through Del Rio. We've got a nice, uh, we've got a nice dam going across the Rio Grande Valley or the Rio Rio Grande River, and it's perfect for pedestrians to walk across. Which whose idea it was to build that dam under the Del Rio Bridge so that illegal immigrants can walk across it like a bridge? I mean, this is this is absolute insanity going on on the on the Texas Mexico border. But um, we've got to debunk this theory that that just if you come from a bad home life, if you come from a bad background, then you can just walk into America and sure, we're obligated to take you in and pay all your bills and take care of your health care and your education and your food and everything else and your shelter. Sure, absolutely. We'll take care of that. Uh, we've got our own problems. We've got Chicago. We got 14 people shot in 24-hour period in Chicago, and that's on a good day. Um, uh, people get shot. It's like a war zone. Statistically speaking, Chicago is a war zone. It's like going to Afghanistan. And so before we start just opening our doors to everybody and their third cousin and their second cousin, let's take care of America. Let's get Chicago in order. Let's take care of our kids. Let's make them have safe streets. How about we take care of our own household first before we start opening the doors to the whole world to come in America? That's a novel idea, and it shouldn't be. Speaking of opening our doors, the report today out of Breitbart.com, excellent news source, the report today out of Breitbart is that about 40,000 Haitian illegal criminal immigrants, I'm going to add those words to it, about 40,000 illegal criminal immigrants coming from Haiti, so we think, we really don't know, coming from Haiti uh, to Del Rio. So we got more on the way. We just processed about 15,000. That's on uh, uh, that's on a conservative estimate. Some say twenty to 25,000. Uh, but let's just go with the conservative Biden administration number of about 15,000 that just went th- through Del Rio in about a week uh, last week. Well, now we got about 40,000 more coming. Got about 40,000 more coming. So uh, we're going to hit over 2 million illegal immigrants just this year alone. Uh, record. That's a record since they've been counting illegal border apprehensions. And let me remind you, folks, uh, these are just the apprehensions. These are just the ones that were processed. How many crossed that we didn't catch? Well, we don't know because we didn't catch them. Uh, so two million is where we're going to get hit uh, by the end of this calendar year. Uh, so we have no border. We have no border. But I'm not going to leave you, you know, with all that bad news and not provide a little bit of optimism here. There's a gentleman running for governor in Texas, and his name is uh, Don Huffins. Don Huffins is running for governor in Texas. He's actually running against Greg Abbott in the Republican primary there in the state of Texas. And this is his solution. He says, "I'm gonna if I get elected governor, I'm locking that border down, and we're gonna start deporting people using the Texas National Guard." Let's listen to clip four, Don Huffins. Well, Tucker, you and I both know that the federal government's never gonna secure the border. They never have, and they never will. Right. This clearly is an invasion, and I can tell you, I will never ask permission from the federal government to secure the Texas border. I'm going to use the United States Constitution, that's Article 1, Section 10, 
which clearly gives states the authority to defend themselves from an invasion. I'm going to engage all the Texas military or National Guard, 20,000 or more, and we're going to secure the whole river. And if anyone gets across, we're going to immediately take them back to the other side and send them right. back home. And, you, and most people don't realize, we have 25 bridges, Tucker, over the river. I'm going to make sure we stop all inbound commercial traffic from Mexico. And this is strategic to make sure we put the economic pressure on Mexico so they secure their side of the river. I love Mexico, but let me tell you, they're being a very bad neighbor. We need to finish the wall. I don't care if you call it Trump wall or Texas wall. I'm going to build <laughs> hundreds of miles of it. I'm going to spend billions of dollars doing it because we need to spend the money. That's a good trade. We Texas taxpayers spend a lot more than that every year. And look, this could have been done seven years ago or seven days ago. The only chance I could set is with a courageous governor, and Lord knows we don't have one right now, and we need to get a new one. And, that, and I can tell you that I'm going to do in 30 days what no one's ever done in 30 years, and that is to secure the border. Well, that's refreshing. That's refreshing. And uh, he's going to go beyond even what Governor Abbott is doing there. And look, I'm, I'm not – I'm no enemy of Governor Abbott. I don't know uh, the governor personally out of the state of Texas. I hear some good things about him. He signs good bills into law. Um, but there are some people in, in Texas who are frustrated at the lack of action, uh, the lack of meaningful action. Let me let me caveat that. The lack of meaningful action by governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Meaningful, meaning aggressive action on this invasion in the state of Texas. Look, Texas is a very good state. I like Texas. I like going to Texas. It's a very flourishing state, one of the fastest growing states in the country, if not the fastest growing state in the country, not only economically, but via population and other measurements. But Texas is a good state, not because they've got a bunch of illegal immigrants flooding in. They're a good state because they have common sense laws. They have good business-friendly economic environment. They've got good freedom-loving citizens that live in the state of Texas. So that's what makes Texas great. But you got to keep that. You got to keep that state great. Keep it special. Keep it freedom-loving. And the way you're not going to do that is letting 40,000 Haitians a week come in through the Del Rio border sector. you got to be tough. Send those folks back to Mexico. Let Mexico take care of them. We can't have illegal immigrants coming into America. AFA at the core will be back in a few minutes. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Look briefly at one of your fingers. You've just witnessed one of the greatest displays of God's creative intent there is. No other person in all the world, even an identical twin, shares your fingerprint. God specifically designed each of us to be unique. That means we shouldn't try to carbon copy anyone else in the Christian faith. If God made you an arm in his body or a kneecap, praise be to our glorious God for drawing us to become a part of his body. How freeing it is to realize that we were never meant to copy anyone but Jesus. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. When's the last time you let your daughter take the lead? I'm talking really making decisions and experiencing their consequences. Oftentimes, it can be a parent's gut instinct to swoop in and save their girl from failure. But might there be some good in a bad outcome? I get it. Letting your daughter fail, whether a school assignment or a sports team tryout, can feel like you're somehow letting her down. But here's the thing. Did she fail because she didn't study? Did she get cut from the team because she didn't practice? Sometimes failure isn't a catastrophe so much as it is a consequence of previous poor decisions. Rather than hovering or intervening after the fact, consider how you can condition your daughter to become a better decision maker. Pray about it. Taking time to discern can be her first step in making the right choice. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the, the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult. And um, I just am, am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end. But it's our infertility. But it is our, yeah. Because we're right. one now. <laughs> and I, I think what's really helped us through this is keeping Jesus at the center mm -hmm. of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on Jesus more is actually a blessing. Yes. It's heartening to, to know that I have someone who's, she's on my team. Tune into By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. My name is Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today. AFR.net's a website. We have the American Family Radio app as well. And Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are on video now. All right, we are on video. Thanks to Jeff McIntosh, we're on video. Uh, live streaming on AFA at the Core YouTube channel and AFA at the Core Facebook page. Both of those locations uh, we are live streaming the show, the video that is. We are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. AFA at the Core is the name of those channels or page if you're talking about Facebook. In studio with me each Tuesday and Thursday is my brother, Wesley Wildman. Wesley, welcome to the studio. All right, we're, we're going to get your, got to get your mic pulled up. Um, Wesley Wildman's in, there you are. I think I got you. Try it again. No. We'll we'll get to Wesley when he gets his mic fixed, um, or we'll, we may move him move him around a little bit. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got I've, you now. I want, I really feel like that was intentional. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was aliens. Uh, aliens. You know? okay. I mean, everything's UFOs and aliens now. Uh, yeah. So so when so when you pull a prank like that, now you start now you start believing in aliens. Is that is that the well? Deal? You know, I mean, where else do you end when you start? <laughs> Really considering what just happened there, it had to have been aliens. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad to be on. I appreciate you having me on each Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I did want to ask, uh, what was the, uh, just for our audience, mm -hmm. and I wasn't here. Typically, I like to come in at, at, toward the middle or half of the first segment so I know what's going on. But what if you're, you're late, about. it's not a big deal. <laughs> Nobody's going to say anything about it. Except just, for you I'm on live kidding. radio. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, what was the Bible verse for the week? Yeah, Proverbs chapter 3, verse uh, 19 and 20 is where we were, which is, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, and by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So talking about the Lord's creation in the book of Genesis. Amen. Well, the Bible is very, very important in our lives as Christians, and it is very, very instrumental in the foundation of AFA and will always be. And you can go to our website and you can see our mission statement along with the things that we believe are absolute truths in Scripture that guide what we do here at AFA and help dictate the uh, action alerts all the way all, all the way over to what we cover on the radio. And when we, when we meet weekly with the leadership and those and different department heads to discuss the direction of AFA weekly, we open up in prayer and we are, are constantly keeping the Word of God and a biblical worldview in front of us. And speaking about biblical worldview, Walker, mm-hmm. if it was okay for the time being and what we have remaining, I did want to spend a little bit of our time or as much as possible talking about the the term or a topic or subject called political correctness. Now, I'm a little bit dis... Uh, uh, I feel like I was organized coming in here, and now I'm looking at all the things that I brought to the table. So you may have to keep me organized here. I may yeah. bounce around, but I but I want to go ahead. Yeah, to- yeah. I was just going to give a little, basically a layman's term uh, description or definition of political correctness, or at least the reality of it. I mean, sure. you can go probably ten different ways in describing political correctness, but. Uh, where we are in America and where we have been, I mean, this term political correctness has been around for a while now. Yes. Uh, but it's basically where, where politicians, um, where uh, uh, elected officials uh, create this uh, uh, thesaurus or this book or this dictionary of what terms and what language is acceptable to them, which, what is acceptable to the, quote, mainstream. And anybody who veers off of that, uh, the accepted speech, the accepted uh, language. If you veer off of that, well, then you're not being politically correct, and you're going to be shunned and canceled. Yeah, and some historical perspective there too is that this was just one of many tools, a very prominent and a very effective tool, but one of many tools that uh, helped produce the effectiveness of Marxism and socialism mm, and all that back in good. the yeah back in the 1920s. Uh, George Luke, uh, Lucas would be a name that many many of our people that would uh, have studied or heard. Um, Mickey Addison's uh, presentation on uh, critical race theory, that would also be um, part of that particular um, train of thinking. So with that said, the term political correctness or or being politically correct is not a biblical term, yet we see by definition the concept and the consequences of political correctness in the Scripture. There's a a couple passages of Scripture we'll talk about today. Um, There's a passage of Scripture there read in 1 Corinthians, or sorry, First Thessalonians chapter two, where it reads that we are to we are we speak to please God, not man, because God tests our hearts. If you were to read that backwards, and you were to take and you re, and you were to read it like this, it says we speak to please man, not God, because we don't care if God tests our hearts. Mm. What we see there is that the Bible warns us against the idea of being more fearful of what people think we're saying or what people think we think they meant and their perceptions as opposed to being more concerned about offending God and his word. Now, I did take the time, Walker, to look up uh, for the purpose of being as clear as possible on this topic and not to be any more confusing Mm -hmm. as the liberals make it discussing this, that we do have a definition of political correctness or being politically correct. And I do want to read that because like many times, when we discuss uh, definitions and, and things like this, 
like many times, not all the time, but many times the liberals hijack the original meaning. And then you, yes. if you were to read the original meaning, you go, wait, I don't really have a problem with that. Right. And, you know, so, for example, let me read this. Politically correct says this by Webster, Webster Dictionary. To conforming to a belief that a language or practice which could offend political sensibilities should not, should be eliminated. Okay. The eliminated part, I can't agree with that. However, the, I do understand when I first heard the word in mm-hmm. sixth grade, my teacher used it in the context of being um, polite or being a, with a common courtesy. <laughs> but we understand that yeah. that is not at all. It's actually used to destroy. It's a weapon used to destroy the messenger of righteousness from a Christian perspective. Yeah, it's what it's used to do. So common courtesy is what they would say mm-hmm. and how they would they would uh, couch it. But ultimately, it is to destroy the messenger of righteousness because. Myself, yourself, most everyone on most everyone, even on both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. don't wake up and go out of their way to intentionally offend somebody or try to insult somebody. Right? No, nobody wake. Most most people don't wake up to do that. Well, so let's so let's let's set that aside and assume the the goodness. That everybody of has good intentions, intentions. with yes. the with the defi- the words that they use. Sure. Well, th- this is, but this gets to the heart of attacking truth. Yes. Because if you can go after the fundamental basis for debate and conversation, which is the definition of the words that we use to have conversations and debates uh, here in America and around the world, if you can attack the fundamental essence of a word and what it means, then you distract from the subject. Well, not only do you distract, but you completely undermine the entire conversation. I mean, you can't even have a conversation because you spend 20 minutes trying to define everything and debate which definition you're going to use. But here's two two, uh, examples of this that many of our listeners will understand. The word gay used to mean lighthearted and carefree. Back decades ago, the word gay used to mean lighthearted and, and, and carefree. Probably not even that long ago. Maybe just a decade or two ago. Mm. Lighthearted and carefree. So people were like, yeah, that guy, that person's gay. That means they're lighthearted and carefree. Right. Somehow that, that word got hijacked, yep. and they've been using that to describe people who are homosexual. Yep. That is the accurate definition of people who engage in relationships and intercourse with someone of the same sex. That's called, by definition, historically uh, homosexual is how you describe that behavior, but instead we hijacked it to gay, and now nobody knows what gay means. Sure, and uh, just another example that I have uh, written down here is is if you believe in a properly closed border with a with a properly organized manner in which people enter into your country, then you're racist. Mm. And so we've hijacked that word, in which had a great had a had a uh, obviously a good. Um, they they use that R word for everything. Oh yeah, it's for everything. Yeah. <laughs> so but so that's one more example of of how we have to be careful not to get uh, too caught up in the language and miss the subject and the and the the meaning. But you and, but at the same time you really have to reclaim reclaim the words. Yeah. Like the the words that they try to push to the back mm-hmm. uh, and, and ignore and not bring up, you really have to reclaim those words because our the the words we use have have much importance uh, when when uh, debating our worldviews uh, on the same topic talking about uh, illegal immigration. Sure. Uh, the 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 terms used for describing people who illegally trespass into America or any other country for that matter 
the the terms used for that has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. It used to be, and this is still in our federal law and and what is used by uh, the the court system, and that is the term alien, illegal alien. That simply means someone who's not from a a country that trespasses into the country. Hey, you're racist, Bo. You just said illegal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't say that. <laughs> this kidding. is a PC show. No. Um, no, uh, illegal alien used to be the status quo that used to be what was used to describe people who come to our country illegally, not through legal means. Well, then that changed because it became offensive. Well, yeah, well, right? yeah, I guess because right, right, we offend people and we don't want to offend anybody. Because uh, they can't though, help, even it. though that's offensive to me. Because they don't can't, want they me can't to use proper language. Because they can't help that they break the law. Right? right. Yeah, it's not. They're not responsible. Okay. It's from their country. Their country's responsible. Right. No, actually, we are. We're their oppressors. Um, but moving on, tongue and cheek. Totally being cynical here. Hey, moving on. But but let me finish this thought. How the the terms have have shifted is we went from illegal alien to illegal immigrant, right? All there right. You go. And then we went to illegal migrant. <laughs> and now we're at a point where we left out illegal, it's All just migrant. Just migrant. Everybody's a migrant, whether you come through the through the right door or the wrong door, <laughs> come through with the proper pa- paperwork or without. Everybody's a migrant. Yeah. And so it's like we all get lumped into this big bucket and everybody's a migrant, whether you're legal or not. Oh, that's a modern day of political correctness uh, uh completely. Hey, listen to this. So there's no surprise though and all of this, uh, the political correctness tactics, that those are those who typically you'll find who hate biblical truth, traditional morality, sexual restraint, personal responsibility, nuclear family, and the unchanging, revealing truth that we have and from Almighty God in Scripture for our society. And that's why there's a couple quotes I wanted to share with us. And then I want to also end, don't let us finish this program without me giving you a couple biblical steps of how to fight against political correctness. But a couple... Uh, quotes, uh, Charlton Heston said once, political correctness is tyranny with manners. Uh, another one from Thomas Sowell, he said, in this era of political correctness, some people seem more aware that being squeamish about words can be being blind to reality. Mm. Um, so you get so caught up in defining and parsing of words and, and really just rechanging them to the point where you totally miss the reality of the situation at hand. For example, let's, let's just stick with the border situation. We get so caught up on the language, how we're going to use it, illegal, not illegal, immigrant, yeah. and immigrant, that we are, that in the process of us debating this and having this discussion, every day thousands of immigrants are coming through illegally, right. and, they're, and they're bringing diseases, they're bringing uh, gangs, they're drugs, bringing drugs. Sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. There's just a whole list of those are the subject. That's the subject. And that's what's happening, that's but yet we're talking about the definition of words. Well, with the three or four minutes we got left, Walker, I wanted to turn our attention to the Scriptures to look at a couple ways of biblical steps of fighting against modern-day political correctness. Number one, do not get distracted, as Walker mentioned. you got to be rooted in truth, yep. and, and all this political correctness is an attack on absolute truth. So, do, so with knowing that, let's not get distracted from the truth while this often happens when we accept a false premise. Mm-hmm. So don't accept a false tr- premise, and therefore you will not get distracted from the truth. And number two, do not be bullied or intimidated into silence or dis- or disengagement. That is such a difficult thing. That was probably the most challenging one of the three that I'm going to mention to us because uh, we have to understand, one, we can't be bullied into it or intimidated against it. So we also... Um, while that is for a lot of people can be t- can be the challenge they need to say, you know what, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to do what's right. 
Um, but you're also going to have a, a portion of people that I know for us and the things that we deal with, we feel at times, what's the use? Let's just disengage. Let's just finish out what we got. Yeah. You know, and just totally step back because of the pressure and the, and the bullying. Well, some people don't like confrontation. Our confrontation. Yeah. Here, that, there you go. That's, that's, that's what I was getting to. Here's the problem with that. And just hear me out. Because I understand that. I've got friends that's, that that have that personality and that mindset. But they themselves, many of them, have understood what I'm about to say. And so, therefore, just hear me out. The reason you can't do that, even if it's not your personality, even though, even though if your personality falls in that line, you can't – you could do it in a different manner, but you mm-hmm. can't completely disengage. Here's why. It's because the cult of progressives will not be satisfied with you just being silent. They want, to, they want total acceptance. And we've seen this. You know, Burgerfell. We thought that they just wanted homosexual marriage. Well, they got that. No, they don't. They want, they want more. The, they want the baker to bake the cake. Right. They want <laughs> you to completely bow the knee and to completely unconditionally surrender their, their ideology, not just silently, yeah. but they want you to participate in. That's so true. And the the phrase that they that the left and these radical Tolerance. these radical anti American people, uh ungodly people, the the word they use is got, uh, are the phrase i'm sure. sorry silence is violence yeah that's okay. what we hear the protesters yeah. say. silence is violence. violence yes so if you don't want to pick a side if you just want to do your own thing which we can de- you just we just debated whether that was the right thing to do or not yeah. it's clearly not uh and, and scripture talks about being lukewarm but Silence is violence, and that that's their, that's their standard. Motto, yeah. and, and typically, most people with a little bit of decency will say, "Well, you know, if so and so doesn't want to get involved in this, then that's fine. That's their own decision." Mm-hmm. Uh, but for for the left, for the radicals, silence is violence. So anybody who's not carrying their banner, toting their water, they are the enemy. Hey, keep in mind too that Jesus said that if he was persecuted, we will be too. So we don't need to take offense to people being offended at the truth. Don't take it personal. Tell them like most pastors would say, take it up with the Word of God. I'm just the messenger. I'm conveying what's truth because I know it's the right thing to do, yeah. and I know that it uh, is uh, it's medicine for the soul. Last but not least, number three, do not forget to exercise the fruits of the Spirit, and you can find those in Galatians chapter 5. That is our guideline for how we operate as Christians, by exercising the fruits of the Spirit as Christians. So let's be biblically correct, Walker. And not politically correct. Good stuff. All right, Wesley, thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. My brother, Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach, has been in, in studio with me this second segment. Hey, we'll be back in a few minutes. we got about 15 to 20 minutes left of AFA at the core. I received y'all's ASA magazine, and our four-year-old granddaughter, when she goes to the bathroom, she likes to sit down and read y'all's magazine. So I'm scrolling through the Yippie app. Well, I ran up online to friends on there. And when she seen it, she went and got up ASA journal. She was so excited. And actually, so excited she put that connection together. God bless y'all. Keep on doing what y'all doing. Sherathon is coming October 12th to 14th on American Family Radio. 
A picture is worth a thousand words. For President Biden, those come as false accusations against our Border Patrol agents, even threatening to make them pay. Pay for what? Faithfully doing their jobs to protect our border from illegal entry? Working hard to clean up a problem caused by President Biden? Come on, man. His accusations have been proven false, but the liberal media and elected Democrats keep spreading lies. Urge the president to apologize to the Border Patrol and to know the facts before speaking. Go to AFA.net. Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help. So 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 8daysofhope.com. All night long in my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. The Song of Solomon tells the story about a king and his bride. There are a couple times when she feels like she's lost her bridegroom. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but did not find him. I think that can be a picture of seasons we go through in our relationship with God. We can enjoy deep times of connecting with Him through the Bible and prayer, and then suddenly things seem to dry up. If you're in the middle of one of those times, don't give up. Keep searching for the one you love through His Word and in prayer. Your search will be rewarded. And you'll enjoy even deeper times together once a conscious sense of His presence has returned. When I found the one my heart loves, I held Him and would not let Him go. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us back in studio today. Hey, the name of the show is AFA at the Core, and the reason it's called AFA at the Core is because we like to highlight and focus on the core values of the American Family Association. The vision of American Family Association is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Uh, We're not trying to just engage culture. We're trying to transform culture through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our core values, we have six of them. Evangelism and discipleship, that's one core value. Evangelism and discipleship. Marriage and family, that's one core value as well. Uh, Morality, and that is biblical morality, not just this generic uh, relativist uh, morality. We're talking about biblical morality. Sanctity of human life, stewardship, and religious liberty. Those are our six core values here at American Family Association. And American Family Radio is the broadcast division of American Family Association. So that's what you're listening to now. And we're actually going to have our fall share our fall uh, fundraiser. We have it twice a year, fall and spring. We're going to have our fall share here in about two weeks, and we're going to ask you to come alongside us and support our work financially. Uh, so continue to stay tuned for that, and we'll appreciate you calling in or going online and donating here in a couple weeks. Um, back to the news of the day, news of the week. You know, this rhetoric, um, this rhetoric just continues to get amped up. Uh, this rhetoric by uh, this ain't just a democrat thing this is a this is a a, a thing with uh, people of all kind of backgrounds all kind of ideologies 
that are pushing this 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 amped up rhetoric, really degrading and demeaning anyone anyone who doesn't want to go with what the the quote mainstream professionals quote experts are saying. And I'm talking specifically about the whole topic of COVID, the whole topic of this coronavirus. And this is really only still a thing because the ruling class wants to keep it a thing. Because if the media would just move on from this, if our political elites would just move on from this and treat it like every other illness in America, then this really wouldn't be a topic anymore. But instead, they've got to keep COVID alive, got to keep COVID going so that they can keep pushing their sick, wicked ideology on me and on you. Our proper English is on you and on me. And so that's what's going on here. And the the rhetoric continues to get more and more dangerous. And my position has been, and it will be until facts change my mind, my position has been regarding the jab or the shot, it's not technically a vaccine, and I can't call it that with a good conscience, but this shot, my position has been if you personally would like to get the shot and you've consulted with your doctor and made your own personal decision, then it's America. And who am I to intervene in your personal health decision about your uh, body? And no, don't extrapolate that to the whole killing babies argument because that's illogical and that's unsensical. But um, if someone wants to, to get a shot or a, a vaccine that they think is good for them and they've done their research, then I don't have a problem with that. And even if I did, I shouldn't be able to tell you what to do, <laughs> even if I did have a problem with it. Um, so that's been my position the entire time. And on the other hand, if you don't want to get the shot, if you don't want the jab, well, it's America still. And you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't lose your job. You shouldn't face punitive damages. Uh, you shouldn't be bullied and belittled because you don't want to get a jab that is still in the experimental phase. All right? Uh, so that's been my position all along, and I'm not going to go after people and demean people who have the shot. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? What benefit would that do the American public? What benefit would that do my listeners if I go after people just because they've had a vaccine or they've had a shot? I would not do that, um, and, and, and that would be improper of me to do that. Well, um, Kathleen Sebelius, she's the former Health and Human Services Director under President Obama. She has no problem with demeaning people, with belittling people. After all, this is what they do. They separate people into two classes, the woke and the unwoke class. And if you're not on their train, then you're on no train at all and you're not important. Well, uh, yesterday, Kathleen Sebelius went on MSNBC and she compared, listen to this, folks, uh, she compared people who don't have the jab as the smokers contributing to second-hand smoke. Uh, let's listen to clip two. Policymakers in this country broadly and up to the White House, including the president, are really thinking about this question about coercion, this question about choice, this question about America's fidelity to its cherished liberties and freedoms. Well, I think you're right. And, you know, to me, it's a lot like secondhand smoke. Uh, you have a right yeah. to be a smoker. Uh, the science is very clear what smoking will do to you, what cancer will be caused, what kinds of health conditions. You have a right to be a smoker. What you don't have a right to do is smoke 
next to my desk yeah. to blow smoke on me, blow smoke on my children, to force me to live in a housing facility where I am subjected to your smoke. That that's a line that we finally in this country that delineates what your individual rights are and what you have a right to do to make me sick and make my kids sick. So I think we're looking at very much the same situation. Well, that's uh, former HHS secretary under President Obama comparing you and me or anybody who doesn't have the the jab, the Biden approved jab, um, as the smokers contributing to secondhand smoke. You know, this this uh, this logic um, is very convoluted. This way of thinking now <laughs> with the vaccine is very convoluted. And I never thought that here on American Family Radio, a 27-year-old that I am, uh, that I would have to explain to the former HHS secretary uh, what a vaccine is supposed to do. But here we are, and I'm going to have to explain it to her and other parts of America uh, that got this thing upside down. A vaccine, by definition, is supposed to provoke immunity to an illness. This is not novel science. This has been around for a long, long time. (laughs) A jab, a shot, a vaccine is supposed to provoke your body to immunity, to build up antibodies against an illness. That's historically, traditionally how vaccines work. And so that's what this thing was supposed to do. That's what this shot was supposed to do, but it ain't doing that. (laughs) To use Southern language, it ain't doing that. And here's why it is not doing that. Because our own CDC director has confirmed to America on national television that the shot neither prevents you from becoming infected with COVID, nor does it prevent you from being a super spreader to the rest of America. And I just made up my own language there, but that's basically what she said. You can get COVID with a shot, and you can give COVID with a shot. Which right there breaks away this whole narrative that this is a vaccine. And it would be one thing if there were rare circumstances of breakthrough infections. If it were rare circumstances of people of the jab not working. But this is not a rare occurrence. I hear people every day that I know that are fully jabbed and they're getting sick. They're fully vaccinated, if, if that's what you want to call this thing, and they're getting sick. And so going after people who don't want to get the shot as being the smokers contributing to secondhand smoke is completely ridiculous, illogical, and unfactual. But instead, let's do it anyway. Why? Because let's gaslight America. Let's gaslight our political enemies, and for this matter, let's just gaslight people that we don't like because we don't like them. Uh, Biden, President Biden, went on the other day, last Friday, and uh, he continued the hopes that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's what he said, quote, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, pushing uh, the, the hoax, the fake narrative that somehow only unvaccinated people are getting sick, and that's simply not true. And to continue bringing uh, the truth to you, This is a CBS News report, and uh, Broadway just reopened about two weeks ago, and they should have been opened, I don't know, over a year ago, but, you know, it's uh, uh, New York, and um, they got to follow the COVID tyrants, Uh, but nonetheless, 
Broadway just reopened about two weeks ago, and the vast majority, if not 100%, the vast majority of their crew and their performers and everybody involved with the whole Aladdin play or show, uh, it had to be shut down. Why? Because of, quote, breakthrough infections. Quote, breakthrough infections. This, This is some of the most vaccinated people, and they can't even have this Broadway show because they're all sick with COVID. They're not technically all sick, but some of them, enough to shut the whole thing down, uh, have come uh, fallen ill with COVID. And I don't wish ill on anybody, but this is just another example of, hey, we got a, we got a people who are like 99% to 100% jabbed, and uh, they can't even have a Broadway show. Can't even have a Broadway show because some of them, enough of them are sick to shut the entire thing down. Oh, but Walker, that's just a rare occurrence. Uh, you can't find any other stories of breakthrough infections. Boy, are you wrong. Um, let's go to the Wall Street Journal. And I could I could do this for about four hours. I could go through stories of large groups of people who all have the jab, and they all some of them get sick, and they can't have an event. We're going to go to the Wall Street Journal, and we're going to talk about Harvard Business School, Harvard University, Harvard Business School more specifically. Harvard Business School, they're shifting to fully online classes. Why? A spate, this is a quote from the Wall Street Journal, a spate of breakthrough COVID-19 infections among its students. So Harvard Business School is moving to to remote learning, to fully computerized learning because of breakthrough cases. Oh, but Walker, how many people are vaccinated with Harvard Business School? Well, uh, about 95%. 95%, according to the Wall Street Journal, 95% of the students at the university have the jab. 95% have the jab, and they can't have class in person. America, are you listening to this? Well, how many faculty members have the jab? Up, oh, 96%. 96% of faculty and staff are fully vaccinated, according to the Wall Street Journal. So this fake narrative, this disinformation campaign, this misinformation campaign by the Biden administration and other political operatives and ideologues that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated is not only a lie, but it's dangerous rhetoric. It is dangerous rhetoric to pit the jabbed versus the unjabbed against each other in America. And I don't know since when has this type of rhetoric become acceptable. Because, yes, there are some people that have their head on right, and they are talking out against this. They're speaking out. They said they've had enough, enough of this division, enough of this dangerous rhetoric. But some days I sure do feel like there's not many of us. I sure do feel like there's not many of us. And I know there's got to be some Biden voters out there that agree with me. I mean, come on. There's got to be some people who may not agree with me on every single issue but they at least agree that this whole hoax, that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, that it's unacceptable. We can't continue spewing these falsehoods and get away with it without correcting the record. Um, and the Biden administration, man, they are going all in on their tyrannical uh, agenda to punish people who don't want their experimental jab. Uh, the uh, Congress is working on all this legislation 
And uh, they have increased their fines. This is according to Forbes.com. They have increased their fines on employers uh, to uh, for anywhere from 70000 to 700000 for Department of Labor violations. What is this doing? They are teeing uh, the Department of Labor up to punitively damage, financially damage companies who don't force all their employees to get the jab. That's what the Democrats are doing, and I sure hope no Republicans vote for that because if they do, uh, we're going to read their names on the airwaves here at American Family Radio on AFA at the core. Hey, before we end the show, I've got to play clip three. This is a mother in Loudoun County, Virginia, saying her kids should not have to wear a face mask all day long at school. Clip three. Um, yeah, I do. It's, I tried to boil it down to three major points, and um, really there's a sign of um, submission with them and just for us to go along with everything. Um, it's depriving the children of oxygen and their brain to, to be able to develop properly, and kids need to be able to see the mouths of their teachers when they're speaking and to be able to hear them clearly. And then thirdly, I just I believe that we're created in the image of God. In the image of God, he created them male and female, it says in Genesis. And our faith, um, really, we stand on that. And we just don't feel that this is right to continue. Our president currently has said that if you're vaccinated, one out of one every 160,000 people, you will go to the hospital. That's your chance, one in 160,000. We, as unvaccinated children, are not posing a risk the teachers are all vaccinated, so they should feel protected. And if people want to wear masks, then please go by, go ahead. You're welcome to it. But we just don't feel that it's right to mandate it. Imagine that standard in America. If you would like to do something, that's fine, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> that's like this foreign concept now. That's like this foreign idea. How dare we have a standard where we let other people make their own decisions? No, we've all got to follow the same standards in the name of public health. It's uh, ludicrous, but hey, we've got a good mom there. Her name was Megan Rafalski from Loudoun County, Virginia, on Fox and Friends this morning, saying my child should not have to wear a mask. And by the way, she's right. We are all created in the image of God. And guess one thing he created out of many, out of our bodies? He created our face and our mouths so that we can look at each other and talk and smile. Let's try that. Let's try to take off the face mask and smile at each other. Hopefully make somebody's day better. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.